0: I don't believe it. Welcome aboard, Kirk. Been a long
1: time, eh? Harry Mudd.
0: Well, to be absolutely accurate, Laddie Buck, you should refer to me as Mudd the First, ruler of this entire sovereign planet. Ruler? Harry, I want control of my ship returned immediately. We have no intention of staying as your guests.
1: Well, I'm afraid there's a bit of a
0: problem there. Work to
1: enterprise. Uh, Alias. Work to enterprise. Now, 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 Jamie boy, let's have no unauthorized communications.
0: Captain's log. Final entry.
1: We have tried to explore strange new worlds to seek out new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. And except for one television network, we have found intelligence everywhere in the galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) This is It Happened One Year. Look back at the events big
0: and small, famed and forgotten from
1: 1967. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show!
0: We're doing it again!
1: It happened one year, 1967.
0: I think I actually have started getting this year right because periodically I will be thinking about the show and be like, 1965?
1: Well, we're on a run now. I feel like we've Weird. gotten some momentum. Uh, especially that we're finally coming up with little themes that tie a couple episodes together, this and that.
0: Yes, we want to say thanks to our uh, our friend and uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Lana Cooper, who uh, did our intro for the episode today. And as you may have figured out, listeners, we're having folks record intros for us when they record their parts for a new upcoming episode, multi-part uh, saga of, uh, and, Yeah, I'm not going to tell any more about it. Get excited it's so many people uh got to participate on it it's great that's true thanks
1: yeah get hype it's coming sometime next year yes uh so yeah no i feel like we're we're making progress we're we're moving along we're we're starting to string some stuff together here the year's winding down uh, (laughs) um even though this season could go on forever i have no idea
0: No, uh, it has to keep going until this episode comes out. So <laughs> whenever right. Joe can
1: finish it, it has to. The big episode is set in 1967, so we have to at least get to that point. That's that's the key. I don't, you know, even in year one, I don't know how much we looking forward, how much we knew about where the show was going to end, like where when we were going to stop 1994. No. Um, I had
0: but- no idea going into the show we would do as many episodes as we did in 1994, and that we would then continue into a second season. <laughs>
1: uh one thing I did want to bring up uh, th- we don't have a lot of predictions on this show we have some but we don't really go back to them too often um yeah. because I think we forget about it but we did so like we did uh football predictions when we did that Super Bowl one episode which was I don't know a couple episodes ago what was that uh
0: yeah started the season that.
1: and then from where we're sitting now less than a month ago we did we did the baseball episode which was the 1967 World Series the the Cardinals Red Sox World Series and I believe in that episode we also did predictions for this current baseball season. And I would just like us to just loop in here uh, what our predictions were in that episode so you can hear it all again. Who's going to win the World Series this year? The
0: 2022 World Series champions will be the Montreal Expos. No?
1: <laughs> Boots, that's a home run.
0: <laughs> Although um, I guess it is now your turn to dispute.
1: Even though the Dodgers have won like 108 games. For some reason, they just seem to trip all over themselves in the playoffs except for the the pandemic year, the weird 60-game yeah. season. So yep. it's hard to go all in on them. Uh, the Yankees obviously aren't going to do it. You know, the Braves won last year. I don't think the Braves are going back-to-back. Back. That doesn't feel right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's not good, but I'm going to say Houston. Houston. I, you know, I'm not pulling for them. I mean, Houston are yeah. a bunch of cheaters and bastards, but – I don't know. They feel like Houston came on pretty strong after the All-Star break once the Yankees start falling apart. So I would say I think it's going to be Houston and L.A. in the World Series. And I think Houston's going to win. And so there we are. I clearly predicted how this World Series would end up, even though I did not get the correct teams in the series. (laughs)
0: I mean, it is impressive. I I didn't have a lot of data in making predictions. I even though I knew we were pretty deep into the season, right? It's not like you made that prediction in
1: April or whatever. Oh, season no. I made that prediction once the playoffs had started. Like yeah. I, we knew who the teams were that were going to be in technically running. Like I, you know, I wasn't predicting the, you know, some yeah. brand like the Orioles were going to win the World Series. But no. uh, still, when
0: the when that World Series started, I was convinced the Phillies were going to win. Convinced. Oh yeah. Like, they had all this momentum when the world series started.
1: No, even through the first couple of games, I thought the Phillies were going to win too. Yeah. And then after that no hitter, I was like, well, there's no way you bounce back from that in the world series. That's, that's tough. That's tough. No. And I no. think they scored two more runs the rest of the series. So yeah. we But just wanted to, to take this on myself to say, I, I predicted all of this. So I'm clearly the one to turn to. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, you know, I've seen you though, try and predict who's going to win football games every week. And That doesn't typically go well, which is when we start when the season started, we were like, we should test like making picks and see if we should make bets. And then after the first couple of weeks, we were like, oh, we should not bet any money. So,
1: you know, it was a big gamble back in 1967. The original Star Trek series. This is the third part of our TV on November 3rd, 1967 series. Um, If you've tuned in for the whole thing, you already know. But to catch everybody else up. That night, you saw a little episode of Gomer Pile, and he was singing The Impossible Dream. <laughs> <laughs> and it was weird. So weird. Uh, airing on that same network the same night was Wild Wild West, which is a weird pairing, right? I mean, it's not exactly Matlock and my so-called life, but it's strange.
0: Yeah, and I would say of those first two, one was far superior to the other, right? Like, I know you weren't Wild much Wild of a Gomer
1: Pile fan, yeah.
0: Yeah, Wild Wild West was a great show. Like I left that wanting to
1: watch more Wild Wild West. But then, airing on a different network the same night was the second season of the original Star Trek. Now, we didn't talk about Star Trek in 1994, really. I think we might have glancingly talked about because it, it was a, the the one movie came out in '94, and okay. we kept circling the idea of doing an episode. But you are not a Star Trek person at all. No. And I only really like the movies, and uh, and I used to watch the Next Generation when I was a kid, but no longer re- retain anything. So, yeah. so even then, we felt like we can't give it kind of a, a fair, you know, look. It, because again, Star Trek is so expansive; it's such a big deal. And if you want a Star Trek podcast, I'm going to just ballpark it that there's literally five thousand podcasts, <laughs> right? Like
0: that must be true. I mean. We were not well set up to to do a thorough Star Trek analysis, and then even when we were uh, preparing to watch the episode today, I said to Joe, oh, "I think you're about to find out that I don't know anything about Star Trek, like really very little."
1: Yeah, yeah. I can't
0: keep it. There's so much to it. I I I confuse it because I don't know that much about them. I'm like, who was on what one? Weren't Shatner and uh uh what's his name uh uh Xavier on the show together? And no, they weren't. They were not.
1: So I I don't even know if this is novelty or what, but coming into this, if you're a real Star Trek person and you for some reason wandered across this episode of the podcast, you're probably not going to learn anything. It's really just going to oh, be no. Sarah coming in. How many episodes of the original Star Trek have you ever seen? One. This episode?
0: The one we at today.
1: Ah. And I've seen some of season one and that's about it. Like I don't, I'm not, I was never a huge Star Trek person for the original show. It just was kind of creaky and it's, you know, it it feels very old, especially considering everything that comes later, which comes much later when the effects are much better. And the next generation is a much more exciting show, at least to me anyway. So I never really had a big Star Trek original series thing. However, what we need to talk about is the episode that aired November 3rd, 1967.
0: It was called I Mud.
1: It's the second Harry Mud episode, if you're, you know, if you're familiar, uh, Harcourt Fenton Mud. He was in season one uh, and had, a, he's kind of a con man and this whole thing. And then uh, there's this wild episode, which I'm not 100% sure whether this is indicative of the rest of the show or not. From what I've seen a season, season one is kind of creakier, I think, than season yeah. two and three, but um, I can't say for definite this is a very light episode it's a it's it's really a comic episode because mud is such a goofy character
0: well we'll get into this but there are only three seasons of the original star trek um although 72 episodes so these seasons were enormous but in season three there uh, shatner apparently did at one point comment that the the plot lines were getting just unreasonable or unbelievable (laughs) Yeah. in season 3 whereas this season 2 really like realistic on point like very. yeah after we watched it you would turn to me and said like oh that was really weird and i was like is it is it weird for star trek i don't know is it weird in general kind of yeah
1: it's kind of weird i mean yeah to even really get into the plot of it is strange like it, it starts and you feel like you are you've jumped into the middle of a storyline <laughs> like cuz like when it starts all like the first thing is like Bones and Spock are walking through a hallway and they get passed by a guy who just says hi to them. And Bones is like freaking out. Like, I don't know who that guy, what is this guy? What's his problem? And you're just like, I don't know if we should know anything that's happening at this point. And, and you don't. But like, because it launches you into the middle of the story, it's very off off putting. Yeah. And then immediately this guy turns out to be an android who takes over the whole ship and directs them to this other planet. And you're just like, wow, like this is all in the first four minutes of this episode. <laughs> So, which yeah. makes you think this is going to be a very exciting episode. <laughs> Would you say was, that's an exciting episode of television?
0: No, it was clever, though. I did yeah. think, so, The to high level the plot, right, they go to this planet, and it's Harvey Mudd. Harvey Mudd? Harry What's Mudd. His name? Harry Mudd, thank you. Um I was thinking of Harvey Milk, a different guy. He's not um, Harvey Milk.
1: He's not Harvey Milk. Harry Mudd uh, did want to recruit you. Join his weird robot army.
0: Yeah or brothel it's confusing so he so he basically rules over this planet of all these androids but decided that he didn't want to be there anymore. So he got the, sh- the androids to take the Enterprise, get the people from the Enterprise who he'd met in season one, onto the planet. And then basically he was going to leave them to run the planet and take their ship and and leave. And so they need to find a way to get out of this. Harvey wants to get out. Har- Harvey. Harry. Sorry. Sorry, Harvey. Anyway. And so they, like, figure out a way to, to sort of trick the androids into malfunctioning so that they can get away by just saying stuff that is illogical and doesn't yeah. make any sense. And so yeah. their brains start to smoke and they shut down when like uh, Shatner tells someone to stand still and he starts jumping up and down. And he's like, good job. And then they're like, Oh, that doesn't make any sense. Um, and it was, it was kind of a clever way to get out of it. I I appreciated that about yeah. the episode. Though it was weird.
1: It was weird. Yeah, It was pretty simple. I would say like, it's funny because, because Harry Mudd is such a, a character, but yeah. Yeah, like their solution is pretty goofy, and then they go through all of these scenes of them doing goofy shit. Like we yeah. get it. After one scene of this, like I got, I understand the concept. Like <laughs>
0: there were like four or five of them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like there's Spock talking to the two like robot women, and he like tells the one he loves her, and then tells the other one he hates her, and this blows their minds. And you're just like, okay. And then another one, there's Ahura and like Chekhov are doing like a waltz. Um, while Scotty and Bones are are dancing around them. And it's like, okay, like, I get it. Like, but it's just so wacky. And, you know, it feels, there's kind of some padding. It's still network television, even in the 60s. Like, there's some padding to it. But, but yeah, like, I thought it was really goofy. But I expected at some point that, you know, fisticuffs were going to break out. There's all of these dude robots who are, like, big dudes. And even though the first scene is this, the dude robot taking over the ship by karate chopping people and such. Uh, No fisticuffs really break out the rest of the episode.
0: What I thought was interesting about the fights that did exist is they either... um, I couldn't tell if the robots were, like, exceptionally strong because the fight looked so lame. Like The first time he walked in and he, like put his hand in a karate chop motion, he like tapped him on the shoulder and the guy just fell over. And I was like, so he's strong? Is he like powerful? But they never clarified that. So I just wondered, like, was that just a bad fight? I don't know. I can't, I couldn't tell. I left, I left it still not knowing the answer to that question.
1: Yeah, I mean, my guess is because he was a robot that they were supposed to be so strong that even just tapping him would like knock that guy unconscious, which seemed excessive.
0: Do you remember that first scene when he like, they know he's in in the ship and he's an intruder and then he comes onto the bridge i guess is what they call it like the the yeah. steering room or whatever and uh um why can i not remember that character's name it's not spock it's the main guy kirk kirk yeah thank you
1: you just keep calling him shatner <laughs> i do i just cuz bill shatner shows up tj hooker and he i don't know goes over to the guy
0: uh, shatner goes to leah uh, kurt goes to leave or like walk around or whatever and he stops him by putting a like grabbing him by the arm not like grabbing him, he just kind of puts his hand on the arm and then and then shatner like pulls away he like holds his arm like it really hurts and he just yeah. looks mad and i'm like, like oh is that supposed to say he's strong like it was also confusing
1: yeah, yeah you know the the episode director was like now act like that really hurt because we've seen this guy like <laughs> touch people and knock them unconscious so far so this is this is bad. <laughs> again, it was weird. I I don't, you know, even in in Star Trek terms, it seemed odd to me, but it's still a pretty fun episode. At least it's light. And, you know, Harry Mudd, who's likable, he comes over to help them eventually once the robots double cross him and then they want to, you know, take over the whole universe or whatever. Um, A very expansive plot considering there's basically everything takes place in one room. (laughs) It's one set, (laughs) uh, which, you know, they're, I don't know, skimping on cardboard or whatever, but it was pretty, you know, pretty simplistic. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I thought that was actually a pretty good, if you're only going to have seen one episode of the original Star Trek, that's actually not a bad episode to watch. It's not a, I don't think it's a super famous episode in the grand scheme of things. I, I don't, you know, there, it seems like there's episodes that stand out to people like the Tribbles episode or the one with evil Spock and he's got the goatee. Like those are ones I think everybody would know, even if you don't know the show, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, uh, this is or Khan, struggle- like,
1: cause Khan's in one of the movies that the Khan episode would be the
0: same. Yeah. Yeah. This is something I struggled with, with a lot of the things that we've watched in 1967. And I would say there was a little too much misogyny for me. Like it was a little, you know, yeah. it's just,
1: yeah. I think this is interesting because, you know, in my time knowing you i think i've been able to have more of a sense of this sort of stuff like this is the kind of stuff in drama or whatever you know in pieces of you know art of like how does this resonate because you know, you grow up with it you don't really think about it so much but then yeah it might again knowing you i feel like you get exposed to more of these kind of things and you can point out things that are like weirdly gross and i'll be like like this episode didn't strike me as being really gross even though there's a lot of like women robots who are yep. a little tawdry and i mean a lot of the real early star trek show does seem to have a lot of you know women characters who aren't you know having a lot of agency it's it's still mostly just kirk kissing random people but this is it didn't immediately occur to me that this would be the problem in this episode because they're robots and so even though mud makes a lot of weird oddly sexual references to like all of his robots there's nothing so overt that like that's immediately where you would go is there
0: yeah i i mean not compared to the summary of the first mud episode that we read which we don't need to get into but like this was better than i expected it to be having read the uh, about like he just basically brought concubines around and gave women pills to make them prettier and then tricked them while they're pretty into marrying guys and then they get ugly it's just it's gross that was gross that was really gross yeah um we didn't watch that episode the only thing about this that I mean, yeah, there's like all of the women look the same and are are servants of men. Like that's the only purpose that they serve, um, which is an ideal. And then like the men androids seem to be the ones that, Uh, they break people up, but they like do the stuff. They like the number one was a guy and he controls things and like, and yeah, they're like strong men. And some of them were slaves, but it was mostly the women. And then the weird sex stuff, like they're kind of this, uh, maybe sleeping with the sex slaves, which is not great.
1: It's not real clear if that's what's going on. I guess that's the implication, but even for late sixties TV, there's only so much you would get away with. Right. So I think that's why it's maybe the way it is, but but yeah, yeah I, I, it didn't occur to me as being an overly sexist thing, considering some of the stuff we've watched from 67, like, say, Elvis yeah. movies. Uh, right. You know, it's not like that, but but yeah, I mean, it is certainly, it does seem like it was a lot worse in the, the yeah. first Mud episode compared to this one. Yeah. But then there is the whole bit with his weird robot wife. Mm, Harcourt?
0: Harcourt, Fenton Mud, what have you been up to? Nothing good, I'm sure, but let me tell you, you lazy, good-for-nothing! Shut up! which yeah that I know also it's, is played not for,
1: it's played for laughs like it's not supposed to be you know again he's the villain sort of but he's still kind yeah. of a comic villain and it's just that he has run away from his wife this at some point in the past and now he create he has a robot version of his wife who's there who just yeah. nags at him and it's funny but it is a little like okay like it's, you
0: know. a, it's a little it's a little gross i mean i think the whole thing is the evolution of women—not, oh I'm
1: not—I'm not an
0: expert on this—but the evolution of women in art is like the movement of women away from being just—you know—their stories are told um, in the context of their relationship to men, whether mm-hmm. it's dating or your boss. It's all about how women relate to men, and it's rare that you get a story about a woman that doesn't talk about <laughs> or doesn't reference or isn't about how she relates to men, right? And so, like, that's a lot more subtle in things today, but that's the whole Bechdel test thing and all that. But like in the 60s, it's a lot more obvious that like women are basically objects of whatever men are trying to do or whatever men's, you know, intentions are or whatever the plot is that's revolving around a man. Women are just there in service of that and not for their own purpose. And I think this is, you know, I mean, this is literally an example of that because they're, you know, android slaves. But I I think that's what you see in a lot of these these things a lot more obviously than you do today. In a lot of cases.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't have a great a great frame of reference for the original Star Trek. It does seem like they were trying to be, you know, diverse in a way for that the 60s mm. didn't really have. Yeah. Uh, just on the team, you know, in the group. But, like, Uhura doesn't really have a great job. It seems like her job seems to be mostly around her legs, as far as I can tell. Because yes. yeah. she's got some pretty short skirts. But she at least has a job. Like, it's not like she's, you know, it, it did seem like they were a little more focused on, well, let's have a Russian character and we'll have an Asian character and try to, like, you know that in the future yeah. this is how you know so that's something but they hadn't quite tackled you know equality of races <laughs> you know yet so no. Um, no and really even by the time you get to the next generation it's still a similar problem like there's there's more women characters but there's not women in leadership until yeah. later star trek series so
0: well do you want to talk a little bit about the actual first season
1: yeah what have you got for the for the the show itself that's uh you know Because I I, like, I know some stuff, but I, you know, I don't know. Honestly, it's always like they Lucille Ball seems to get a weird amount of credit for Star Trek, and I don't really understand if that she is she just a did she just have her name on that? Did they just do it at her studio? Like,
0: no, no. So they, so I found two kind of, yeah, it was a Desilu, Desilu, yeah, Desilu. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) it was their production company that produced the first season there was like a throwaway line about how she didn't know what the show was about but she was really important in getting the pilot made i'm not sure about that but they actually produced two different pilots so they sold the script desi agreed to produce it and they made a pilot that only had spock in it of the of what the cast is now it was like a different yeah episode that only had spock they tried to sell it to CBS. CBS was already in production for Lost in Space, so they said no. And then they sold it to NBC. NBC thought it was too, like academic, that too technical, and so they made. The, they actually paid for a second pilot, which is pretty rare, I guess, or was rare at the time. I think it's rare now too. And so that's when they went and made the pilot that had Kirk and had Scotty and had, um uh, not Bones, um, oh Sulu. It had it had the three of them in it. And so that's that was the, the second pilot they sold at NBC. But the, the story was that they made the pilot, it got picked up and then as like Lucy and Desi and their leadership, or whatever they were looking at the portfolio, they had a couple of really expensive shows, and Star Trek was one of them, comparatively speaking. And so they almost canceled it before they went into production on the first season. And it was like it was that the showrunners or whatever convinced Lucy that they needed to move forward with it. And so there was this point where it almost got canceled, but then didn't. Thanks to Lucy. So it was only, like I said, it was only three seasons, seventy nine episodes. And it was hard to get a handle on on the ratings. So it, seems like it, it was pretty um, variable in terms of how popular it was and how strong the ratings were but it tended to do well in its time slot so like the second season was the most highly rated and I think is regarded as the best of the three seasons but it ends up getting cancelled after three seasons because of low ratings but they put it at 10pm on Friday for season three it was like winning its time slot wherever it was but they there, it was something about like laughing was on Monday and they needed to get it away from laughing or whatever so no. they put it at 10 p.m on friday and they were like oh it didn't perform very well oh no <laughs> um and so it was in i think like the 30s of the like show rankings in the second season and then really declined in the third and then they ultimately canceled it the only other thing i wanted to highlight about this is there were a lot of rumors about the show being canceled in the second and the third seasons and so they got fans to write letters and so it was one of the shows that even in the first season was getting like, ridiculous amounts of fan mail which sort of was the preview into what like Star Trek fandom would become but there were I want to read a couple quotes in 1967 so the year of the second season uh, a fan in like a mail a TV mailbag magazine a fan said quote I am an avid fan of Star Trek and would simply die if it was taken off the air in my opinion it is the best show on television <laughs> 1967 so <laughs> we're seeing like the the Trekkie kind of like come out already yeah. um even though in the first season variety the m- magazine variety predicted that it won't work and called it an incredible and dreary mess of confusion and complexities <laughs> so i think the conclusion i would draw here is that people had very different feelings about star trek there sure. were some people who really loved it and some people who really it wasn't very mainstream it was like it was like the start of what a cult show would become and that's kind of what it became
1: yeah i mean i think that The thing with Star Trek beyond the first show is of all the series they've had, none of them have ever aired on a network again, because then after that, like there's something like, and I don't know the exact number, I want to say that there's been 10 different Star Trek series, there's a bunch right now. So I think there's like, because Paramount Plus has created so much stuff, but all of them have been syndicated. Basically, since the first show, like none of them ever aired, like on you know, the Next Generation wasn't an NBC show; that was just syndicated. So then, I believe all the other ones were too: Deep Space Nine and Enterprise and everything else. So you know, it does almost feel like that's the right thing for it. The idea of having a Star Trek show just on a network, you know, just in prime time, seems kind of weird, right? Like, and I don't think that's you know historically a genre that really works in that way. You know, there's not a ton of I'd say real popular space shows that are primetime tv shows like not really yeah Um, unless they were something really specific but top of my head i can't think of anything most of those tend to be syndicated shows so
0: well that's the thing in 1986 17 years after it went into syndication this show i think if i'm if i read this fact correctly was the most popular syndicated tv show like it just even the original just killed in syndication killed it yeah i mean considering
1: there's only again three years of it. But I guess there was probably just enough episodes that it stuck around. And and again, you gotta figure by eighty six now they've made movies. So like once the movies oh, yeah. start coming out, like that's must help. But but even then the movies are ten years after the show ends. Like the fact that they could even manage to pull that together, uh yeah. you know, is is a remarkable staying power for a show that, that wasn't on that long, you know? So
0: Yeah. Um, I mean the thing that they say about it is and the how this like fandom started to generate is that it was on syndication so much that people would watch the episodes just over and over again. And so they knew like every aspect of it, they could become experts in these, you know, again, it was only 79 episodes, but like the, because it was on syndication all the time. And because you didn't have any tools at the time to tape or record episodes, like the, the amount of money that channels and companies were still making off of these episodes from the sixties was just ridiculous. It was like, after the 87, I think it was the top thing. It was somewhere, I think, in the early 90s. Paramount was getting, like, a million dollars, making, like, a million dollars an episode from advertisers because the ratings were always so
1: good. And see, also, by that point, Next Generation's on. So, like, by then, what Next Generation, yeah. I think, is really what solidifies everything as far as a TV universe, right? Like, because... Like after, and I did because I did I did a little bit, and we'll come back to this about the guy who played Harry Mud was uh, was Roger C Carmel, and I, I do want to talk about him a little bit. But one of the things I found was he played Mud on the animated series, and the animated series oh. runs for like a year in the early seventies. So like that's I guess the bridge if you really want to make that case. Yeah. But, but that's a kids show. I don't know how popular that was with star Trek fans. I've never seen any of the the animated show from the early seventies. I don't even know. I don't even know what that looks like. I don't know anything, but, um, but they had the whole original cast doing all the voices on that. Like that wasn't, that wasn't the real ghostbusters. Like they, these were, they had Shatner and Nimoy and everybody do it. And so figure that's only a couple years after the show ends. And then the first movie is in 79. And, you know, you can make a case the first movie probably doesn't get made if Star Wars wasn't already made, because then there's already this mania about space movies. So, yeah. So these things combine to keep this keep this going and, you know, to eventually turn into what it did then later, where it's, you know, huge juggernaut of movies and everything. So,
0: yeah. What I thought was interesting, what I didn't realize about the original show is that you can see some of what it becomes from a like fan enthusiasm standpoint. In those first three years in 1967, there was a there were marches literally there were because there were rumors that it was going to get canceled in California. There was one at Caltech more than 200 people marched and they made signs that said things like draft Spock and Vulcan power, which I think <laughs> is just adorable and a little dark, but I like it. Sure. But Late the- 60s dorks yeah right exactly but there were there were similar protests in san francisco and in new york city like people were marching for a television show that's remarkable i've only seen one episode but no one's marching for gomer pile just saying
1: <laughs> no when when jim neighbors decided to hung it, hang it up that was it like they were like well okay forget it so yeah that is pretty remarkable i you know the fact that it was so popular and right from the beginning and then hangs around the way it does yeah but so to come back a little bit to roger c carmel he basically this is the highlight of his career he's in these two episodes uh season one season two he pops up on the animated series but he's a very distinctive actor like he's a very distinctive voice and and, you know he apparently always had that mustache because every picture i've seen of him in everything he has that mustache he was on another desilu show around the same time called like mother's in law or something it was like some kind of sitcom but, like, anything you see of him is always, like, he's best known for playing Harry Mudd on these two episodes of Star Trek.
0: I just want to appreciate his choice as an actor to say, I'm going to be an actor with distinct facial hair. Yeah. Like, that's something that's totally within your control, right? Yeah. You can, you can, you do not have to have that mustache. But he was yeah. like, this is who I am. This is These are the parts I'm going to get. They're going to require this mustache.
1: Otherwise, like, in 67, he appears on a couple episodes of Batman. And he plays Colonel Gum, which is like a, I don't know, he's like a, a stamp-related villain. He's not in the comic sure. books. So <laughs> I don't know what Colonel Gum's whole move was, but I don't know. If you remember, the if you're a fan of the old Batman show, you might remember better. It's the episodes that have the Green Hornet and Kato in them, because <laughs> this is the weird Batman crossover with the Green Hornet TV show. Oh, so
0: okay. you know, okay. Bruce
1: Lee randomly turns up on the Batman series for two episodes. Those are the Colonel Gum episodes. But yeah, otherwise, like he pops up in movies, he did some little things here and there. But, you know, he doesn't have much else as a film kind of stage TV career. He did do a bunch of stage work in the 60s, and that was kind of what it was about. But but again, he's so distinctive in this part. And I don't, you know, again, from what I've seen of the original Star Trek, which is, I don't know, most of the first season, there's not a lot of characters who really stand out, like who are yeah. one-shot characters because they're not, they don't tend to be fun. They all tend to be aliens who are kind of dour and, you know, or they have some sort of weird vendetta or, you know, their goal, some crazy goal. And he's, you know, being a con man, a little more lighthearted. It's, he stands out. So, so that was his career. He died fairly young. He died in the eighties.
0: I hope that he had an amazing deal on this show and made just so much money. Yeah. Playing mud in three episodes of star Trek. I really hope that he made bank.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, mud is a popular enough character the weird so what i read which is odd is that he was supposed to play harry mudd on an episode of the first season of the next generation which doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense because the next generation is set hundreds of years later like <laughs> the, this is not even possible so i was like what was that plan gonna be yeah. where in the first season they're already gonna be like time traveling to find harry Mud? <laughs> like, but then he died <laughs> he died right around then so they uh. couldn't do it and apparently harry mudd is a character on one of the current shows like Discovery maybe Star Trek Discovery and Rain Wilson plays Harry Mudd from The Office. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love so that. So, I thought that was fun. But so yeah. he's at least a character that has kind of continued through. So, you know, that's fun. I don't know you could build a movie or I don't know what that would be. It would be a very com- comic film, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm sure Pratt could play him. Eh, who gives a shit? Oh like, my God. You know, I'm sure that's where this is headed, you know, Star Trek 4. <laughs> The Return of Harry Mud. Why not? But no, movie wise, you've only you've only seen the newer movies, right? The Yeah, Chris we saw Pine the new ones when
0: they when they came out. The ones that came out like, you know, since you and I have known each other. Like those are the ones that I've seen, but no, nothing older. Star- yeah. I never got into Star Trek. I never did. I not even close.
1: I think it's kinda of daunting, right? Because there's so much of yeah. it that it's kinda of like, well, where do you begin? And you know, I think it was easy when I was a kid because the next generation was you know fairly new when i was a kid it was new more or less when i was a yeah. child and then you know it was on for like six or seven years you know it felt like an, an accessible thing and then you know hbo was running some of the old movies so like you know i was a big fan of star trek four and yeah. six i was a big fan of six but this was just what was, they were Were
0: we watching one recently i don't remember why but were we watching one or you were watching one recently where he like the one about the whales or the dolphins or something
1: that's four is the one with that's the 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 biggest hit of the group was the one with the whales yeah and and it's 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 a it's it's the fun fish out of water movie it's the funniest of the movies so that's why it's i think at the time it was a real popular movie i don't know what like how well regarded those star trek movies are like you know star trek 2 is the one that everybody really points to the wrath of khan that's the real everybody's favorite movie and it's a really good movie but It does have big dramatic stuff happen and then four is like the gang goes back to what was modern day san francisco in 1987 and they've got to save the whales and it's the plot's insane but but it is a really funny movie it's really there's a lot of fun in that so that's what that one is um and it's immediately followed by the the worst movie you've ever seen in star trek five so that's (laughs) that's what's going on in that in that series sad but no that the the next generation movies were fun the the one in 94 that we were going to do and we just never got around to was Star Trek Generations which is the one Picard Kirk movie um it's it's more time travel so that was fun Malcolm McDowell plays the bad guy who uh who we met that one time and it's a fun movie but that was the 94 movie and and I think there's three other next generation movies maybe which are also good it was those. It was one of those series where it seemed like there was a pattern, like how every other James Bond movie was good in recent years. Uh, yeah. It was the same thing with the Star Trek movies. One is bad, two is great, three is okay, four is great, five is terrible, six is pretty good. Generations is okay. First Contact is great. Like it, it was. This is sort of you know you can only get it together yeah. once out of every other film. So, but since then I haven't watched. I only seen the movies. I haven't watched any of the TV shows more yeah. or less since the Next Generation. It's you know. It's
0: just- too much
1: I would say there's too much of it yeah I I think that yeah. it's the same problem like how do you like just keep going with it? and they just keep making series after yeah. series and I've heard some of them are really good but I I just never I never did it after that
0: I'd say they should stop
1: <laughs> that's it
0: yeah it's 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 a lot it's yeah. too much they should stop
1: the movie series has weirdly seemed to have halted for now. There's always rumors there's going to be another one. But really, since Anton Yelchin died, it seems like yeah. the interest maybe to make them isn't there or something, which is odd because he was only Chekhov, but he's still part of the gang, I guess. So it's yeah. having to explain that, I guess. But but no, every once in a while you'll hear it pop up like they're going to make another movie. And then it's now it's been, what, five or six years, it seems like, since the last movie. Yeah. So I don't know what the what the holdup is. but
0: I retain nothing from those movies. No. Like when we when we started this the episode tonight, I was like, Who's that guy? And you were like, Sulu? That's George Takei." Like, what's wrong with you? I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I kinda remember. I, I confuse um him and and Scotty. I thought it was Scotty.
1: Oh, fair. Yeah. I
0: didn't know. My brain isn't built for Star Trek. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Can't retain
0: it. Can't yeah. can't retain anything about it.
1: You know, I mean I, I know some people really like the newer movies, the Chris Pine movies. They're fine. Like I don't yeah. I don't dislike them, but I've not over the moon about them I don't think I think it feels like something that's just being made for money so it feels like you know like all modern Star Wars stuff just feels like it's these are just paychecks no one's trying to tell good stories so that's yeah. kind of how I felt about the Star Trek movies the same way um I liked the third one which I don't remember almost at all but I remember liking it <laughs> Star Trek Star Trek <laughs> Beyond?
0: Was that what that was? That's stunning analysis. <laughs> I know, I
1: know. Uh, but that I remember liking that one. I remember thinking Star Trek Beyond was fun. There was something with <laughs> motorcycles. And I remember that, oh, that's kind of fun, but I don't know if it was a good Star Trek movie.
0: Oh my god. And then the second um, one I one remember liking
1: it. It had something with motorcycles. That's it. Like what the hell was that movie about? Was there a bad guy? What the hell was going on in that movie? Oh
0: my god, I'm sure there was a bad guy. And that's
1: the most recent one. You know, Star Trek One with Eric banna was the bad guy. That was pretty good. The the two thousand nine movie, and then the second one was we had Cumberbatch playing Khan, and then the third movie maybe
0: had motorcycles.
1: None of that is familiar.
0: All okay. I remember from any of those movies is that old Spock was in it.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. There was an old Spock in yeah. The I first remember the one. old Spock. Yeah,
0: I yeah. have no idea which yeah, one it was. I think that's but true. N- that. Ona
1: Ryder played Spock's mom. Young Spock. I Spock's can't mom. believe that's true. Is, is that, that true? is that right? I think that's true. Is it is it Marissa Tomei? <laughs> oh my god I don't remember anything oh man because uh, again I wasn't a huge fan of those movies so I was just kind of like eh, it's okay and then I just you know I'm not a J.J. Abrams guy so that just kind of sure. went out.
0: yeah I remember anyway. old Spock and the flares
1: there were a, lot, a lot of a lot of lens flares yeah yeah honestly if it wasn't for the lens flares I probably would like I, I probably would have had a slightly better memory of it because it was just so jarring that that was what I latched to was how much I hated that and then to that point like then the plot's gone for me because I couldn't I... get over that like.
0: I love how you think about some things. Because of the lens flares, I can't remember the movies.
1: Well, cuz it's distracting, right? Like somehow I get somehow the, point you're just I get the, the point way you're I don't making. know. I couldn't uh, <laughs> I couldn't couldn't get over that. It's like in the original series a little bit where like the sets are so cheap looking <laughs> yeah. that like it's a little hard to focus on what's going on cuz you're kind of like it's almost like you can see the curtains where they're hiding crew or something. I don't know, it just feels yeah. kind of cheap. That like like this Harry Mudd episode. I'm not 100% sure what exactly Harry Mudd's plan was when he if he got the ship what was he gonna do
0: just leave i think
1: <laughs> his whole plan was just to leave and to yeah leave, he wanted to leave leave kirk and them with the robots
0: yeah he just wanted yeah. to get out
1: of there yeah and he wasn't stuck there he managed to get uh, convince other robots to bring them to to the planet
0: no remember he said he couldn't leave because they needed to study him they wouldn't let him leave he said that like, oh but he was just the like the boss
1: of the robots yeah. yeah yeah
0: honestly i'm impressed all right i'm just i'm just gonna say this it's it's late. I'm a little tired. It's Sunday night. We don't usually record on Sunday night, so I'm just going to say this. I'm I'm a little surprised how often they put men in tights on these shows cuz they're Ooh. very revealing.
1: Yeah. You know, Shatner has some pretty tight pants in this in this episode yeah. as well. This must yeah. have been the thing in 67. Again, going back to Robert Conrad's tight pants from Wild Wild West. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of uh there's a lot of, there's some there's some bulges. Yeah. There's some yeah. packages that you yeah. can see.
0: Yeah. So that's what I remember. <laughs> Well done. It's like you and the lens flares. I can't remember what was going on in the rest of the
1: episode. (laughs) There were too many packages on display. So it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. There were a lot of packages. (laughs) Good gracious. So um, if you had to rank these three episodes, uh, and then therefore, like, by how much you would watch these shows again, maybe, or what, where, 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 where does this fall in?
0: I mean, this is easy. I don't even think that there's an argument here. Number one is Wild Wild West. Number two is Star Trek. And number three is Gomer Pyle. If I ever have to watch another episode of Gomer Pyle, I'll jump out a window.
1: So what about, okay, but then what about the original Star Trek? Is it closer to Wild Wild West or closer to Gomer Pyle? Would you watch more of the original Star Trek? No. No?
0: No. I think it's the misogyny. Like, it's just hard. Like, I don't want, you're like, ugh, ugh. Again,
1: I think this episode, I think these episodes are probably softer on the misogyny than some of the other ones because
0: potentially. Yeah,
1: yeah, the the famous thing sort of about the original show seems to be like Kirk getting into fights, maybe once in a while losing his shirt, and then just making out with whoever's around, right? Yeah. So you know, and I don't know, I don't know how much Ahura really ever gets to do. Does she really have like storylines? Are there good Ahura episodes? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know.
0: So yeah, it's just not my, it's just not my vibe. But Wow, Wow West, that that show is great.
1: Yeah, misogyny as
0: well, but more entertaining.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's a little more two fisted, a little yeah. more like we got to keep this moving. So yeah, and yeah. all the death-defying Look, stunts.
0: If I cut out all the art and culture that has misogyny in it, I wouldn't. I would be very bored. So, like, I get it. We get it. Sure. You gotta You got to participate. What are you going to do? You're yeah. going to watch it. Well, how would you rank them?
1: No, I'd say the same. Yeah, I was. I've never been a huge original series Star Trek person, so I, I would go the same way. I think I probably. I'm not gonna say I liked Gomer Pyle, but like, I appreciate what Gomer Pyle is. I can see why it was popular. It's not my style of sitcom. It's that creaky old style and it's not exactly filled with jokes. It's, you know, sounds pretty funny, but that's about it. So that's, um, that's where I would come down on, on, uh, November 3rd, 1967, Um, our dazzling lineup of television that we've put together here, I assume over this month where all these episodes have come out. So yes, thanks for coming along on this journey. Do you have an outro? How would you like to wrap up the Star Trek episode?
0: I don't. I feel like I should, but I can't. I mean, um, what do we do? We name Star Trek properties? I feel like that's something you can do.
1: <laughs> can you name any other Star Trek shows outside of the original and Next Generation? No. Nothing. <laughs> Long. These are long-running TV shows have existed your whole life.
0: Star Trek space? question mark.
1: <laughs> Good. Um,
0: <laughs> Star Trek uh the 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 new crew uh Star Trek uh we Fix the ship uh Star Trek uh Milky Way Part 2 uh Star This has Trek, been
1: it happened 1 year the, the, Please the follow us on all the random social goopers, media sites that exist and rate the, us wherever you possibly uh, can
0: Star Trek uh we like ice cream the whole the whole series is set on a frozen planet (laughs) that's great (laughs) that's a pretty good idea actually uh oh star trek reversals which is where you just you go back and and do the same show you just did (laughs) (laughs) that's all i got very good